Hi guys, welcome back to my Steps to Sobriety, the show on YouTube and on podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another day for a, a lovely interview with Paul Forgen. Paul Forgen is a man who has had his own challenges and a fair deal of them and has overcome them and lives now a life similar to me, where he is proud of, where he is, he has put a lot of work in it and has now come to a point where he is able to help others to develop themselves and hold them the mirror in front of their face to see where they can improve. So I'm really, really pleased that I've got today Paul with me. Welcome to you, Paul. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be on the podcast with you today. <laughs> and it is, it's beautiful. Just prior to the interview, we have been talking a little bit and, and I felt immediately that essentially we are two peas in a pot from, from our attitude towards life and from our, our backgrounds, however different they were. It's, it's always astounding to me how some of us end up on the same path together because we see that as the path of light, as the path of, of fulfillment, joy, happiness, etc. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful, beautiful. Paul, um, you are a man who had not the greatest cards when you came onto this earth. Um, you were born with a disability at that time. Tell me a bit more about that. Uh, yes, I was born with what's called cerebral palsy. And if your viewers don't know what that is, it's lack of oxygen to the brain at birth. And, and, and because of that, it could lead to paralyzation on one side of the body, poor motor skills, and it can even affect your speech. And apparently it was so severe that the doctors told my mom that I would never be able to walk. Uh, well, thank goodness for a great mom, that wasn't my story. She got a second, third, fourth, fifth opinion, finally found somebody that was willing to help me. And that's kind of when my, my journey came for the first 10 years of my life with intense physical therapy. And I had my first break roughly when I was three. I really don't remember this, but I was able to defy the doctor's orders. I was able to walk, which I consider a big feat. And uh, from there, I remember uh, turning five and, and was put into soccer for the very first time and felt uh, a little defeated because all these other kids were able to run laps over and over again. And I was barely able to run 20 to 50 yards, basically to the light post and back. And, and having my dad tell the coach, hey, my boy can only run this far and just, you know, not being able to fit in with the other kids, which was really, really tough. Uh, but then I got my second break roughly when I was around seven. I got uh, surgery on my right foot to give me a little bit more mobility in my foot and give me a little bit more spring in my step. And I'll never forget this. I changed schools around that same time, and I really haven't tested out my, you know, the new surgery. Um, but the first day of physical education, the uh, teacher came to us and said, okay, we do our stretches. Okay, run a lap. And I'm thinking to myself, here we go again. Everybody's going to see that I can only run a few yards and everybody else is going to do laps and the teasing will start again. But this time was different. When I started running with the other kids, 
I was able to go past the point that I've always was what I always stopped at. And I was able to keep going. And I'm saying to myself, come on, Paul, you got this, buddy. Keep going. Keep going. And I was able to do the lap with everybody else on the and the outside. I kept it cool. But on the inside, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Finally, the first time in my life, I just fit in with the other kids. I didn't stick out. And from then on forward, it, it, things did become easier for me, but I wouldn't call them easy. Uh, I changed schools when I was in junior high, and it's hard changing being a new kid in junior high just with no disability, let alone having a disability and being a new kid. So it was rough. I mean, teased every day, bullied. Um, you know, I was just, I remember just crying in my room every time I come home from school, just saying, why me? Why do I have to deal with this? Why can't I just be one of the other kids? And I don't know what came over me, but around the, uh, midway through eighth grade, I was sick of this feeling, this, this victim feeling anymore. So I thought, well, what can I do to distract, to distract myself? So I didn't feel this way anymore. And I thought, well, if, what if I set a goal for myself and I just focused in on a goal and not worried about what the other kids were saying to me? And I thought, okay, what goal should I set for myself? And at the time, uh, I, I loved baseball. So I thought, well, why don't I try to make my varsity baseball team in high school? So then on forward, I played fall ball, spring ball, uh, winter ball. And what, if I wasn't doing that, I was throwing a tennis ball against the wall. And I would do that over and over and over again. And the greatest thing happened while I was going through this journey, I changed my mindset. And as a result of me changing my mindset, the kids changed their mindset about me. Instead of bullying and picking on me, they actually started rooting for me because they saw this, this focus in me. And I'm proud to say that I did make my, uh, my, my uh, high school varsity baseball team as a junior and I also made it a senior. And I've used this mindset you know, going forward in, in, in my life, you know, graduating college, you know, like any 22, 23 year old kid, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had a friend who was in the mortgage industry. So I got into that and I really, really enjoyed it for, for many years. Then, you know, 2008, 2009 hit and uh, things really, really changed. Restrictions were put on us and it really changed the way I thought about business. I, I felt like it was more transactional. It wasn't that one-on-one -on -one personal experience that I used to love about it. So it wasn't, I, I started to lose my passion on it. And I remember about six years ago, uh, they brought in this motivational speaker to, to talk to our sales team. And the guy just blew me away. The guy was awesome. So I went up to the guy after and thanked him for the great presentation and kind of picked his brain on how he got into it. And I thought to myself, why don't I try to do that? Why don't I try to be a coach? So then I just started putting in the in the universe that that's what I wanted to do. I, I started getting, I got my coaching certificate and I made some financial changes, obviously starting a business, you know, you're not going to make any money. You're probably going to lose money and make it. So I, I paid down a lot of my debts, uh, changed my, my lifestyle a little bit so I could afford this, this change. And now I'm here talking to you uh, on the other end here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that was the, the nutshell of it. And that was the polished version of it. Of course. I can see in between these words, a lot of tears, a lot of frustration, a lot of anger, resentment. There's no doubt that your first few years, probably up till high school, were not the greatest. 
and to a certain degree, I I can see myself in in your in your shoes. I was not born with a disability, but one way or the other, I ended up in um, being bullied. I ended up, yeah, mediocre at best, and I was probably a little idiot. Uh, I don't know what I was. It was I triggered people, and it only changed when I changed my attitude. And when I focused on getting better academically, and I suddenly beat the teachers in their game, actually knew more than the teachers. And with that, I wasn't the teacher's pet. I was suddenly the rebel because I was beating the teachers in their own game. And my the, the cool kids in my class suddenly said, wow, hey, well done, Stefan, well done. And suddenly I was the cool kid by doing, by changing my mind. And that was intoxicating. That was beautiful because suddenly there was this kind of recognition there and maybe it is because of that that i changed from quite mediocre well don't know where i will go towards top of the class top of the school and then going into university without even blinking twice and i was lucky my brain allowed me to do that but it was the mindset it was the the change in the way you think about things. Wow, wow. It is, I had not thought about that kind of journey in myself until you now opened that, that door, so to speak. So thank you for, for that revelation. I guess we all, we all fight our own battles and sometimes we get so caught up in them that, that we don't see that if we were just to ask the questions a little bit different, then suddenly the universe might actually come up with solutions uh, to your own unique set of problems. And we're 9 billion people, aren't we? So there are 9 billion set of unique problems out there. So uh, Paul, your journey uh, is very different from my journey, yet there will be some similarities. I guess that's what you're seeing with your clients, isn't it? Who do you see? Who are, who is sort of coming to you to explore their own problems? Yeah, but first I want to talk about what you just said about your revelation. And it's you're right. It's similar to what I was going through. And I define that as self-love. We started loving ourselves. And when we started loving ourselves, yes. we put it out into the universe, a different, a different energy. And people start looking at us differently because we started loving ourselves at the time we didn't love ourselves for whatever reason that was. But when we started to do some self-love, that's what, that's when things changed. And I, and I sense that in your story because you changed, you know, how you pursued things and all of a sudden you got confidence in yourself because you were always smart, but you never, you never showed it. And now once you say, you know what, I am pretty smart. Let me show it to the world. And once people saw the real you and how smart you are and how intelligent you are and how wonderful you are, Everybody else saw it too. And I think that's similar to what, what happened in my journey. So, yeah, I definitely see that similarity between the, 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 the two of us. Oh, beautiful uh, rephrasing there. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. Self-love. I, I would have not thought about using that word for that part of my journey. But it, I guess, yes, yes, I uh, see that. Cool. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> so who is seeing you nowadays? Who... 
who have you got an affinity to? Which groups of people? So uh, oh, uh, you want me to answer the cli- what clients I work with, or what was yeah, the second? Yes, oh, okay. in the sense okay. of because you 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 ex- you show a certain set of skills and a certain mindset that is very very captivating, and so yeah. obviously you attract a certain amount of people uh, or a certain type of people, shall I say, uh, with whom you gel. So I'm I'm intrigued. So who is the Paul nowadays who uh, is making this world a little bit better uh, every every interview, every meeting you have got? Well, uh, a lot of my clients are uh, roughly about, you know, from the ages of 40 and under. That seems like my area that I've been attracting the most. And it's from people dealing with going through a divorce uh, trying to move up in their company, trying to start a company, uh, dealing with the disability of their own, uh, you know, trying to make more friends. So it's all based on mindset. Uh, you know, they're, they're coming to me with different problems, but the, but the whole thing is the same. It's, it's mindset. It's, it's changing their mindset. It's that limited belief that we need to break in all of us. Everybody has a unique talent inside themselves Sometimes they just have to pull it out. And, and sometimes it takes a long time to find that, that, that passion that you have, you know, and it changes. And, that, and the thing is, it changes. Your passions from your 20s to your 30s to your 40s, it all constantly changes. So we constantly have to reinvent ourselves and be open to that growth mindset. Okay, you know what? This was my passion in my 20s and 30s, but now I'm in my 40s. Now this is what I want to do. This is where I want to take my life. This is the direction I want to take my life. And, and there's other people that really haven't found their, their, their passion at all in their 60s and 70s, but they're still searching for it. And that's the most important thing. It's, it's more about the, the journey than the destination. I always use this analogy because I think it's, it's pretty profound. When you look at a, a, at a kid and they're building their Legos, the time they're having the most fun is when they're actually building the Legos, when they're building something, they're on the journey. You know, they may have some fun telling their mom and dad, look what I, look what I built. But the most fun they're having is actually creating something. And that's what we as a society need to realize. It's about the present. It's about the journey. That's, that's the most important thing. So whatever you're passionate about, whatever your goals are, you need to be present in that and enjoy the journey to get there. Because I know a lot of successful people that, that got to the top of the mountain and they're like, oh boy, time flew. And they really, they just kind of buzzed through it and they really never enjoyed the steps that it took to get them to the top of the mountain, you know, and, and now they kind of have to rediscover, you know, their, their happiness because all they did was just bulldoze it and not really think about, you know, what they were doing to get to, you know, where they wanted to go. And I think it's very, very important that we take a step back and enjoy where we are right now, because that's all that's guaranteed to us is right now. The past has already happened. Yeah, we can learn from the past, but it already happened. And the future is not guaranteed. So the best advice is to be present in in what you're doing right now. I hope that answers your question. Oh, yeah, you've just described quarter of a century of my life, um, a good half of my life, where I was so focused on outcome and future and work, 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 that I had completely forgotten who I was. The problem, of course, is whilst you're working, you've got all these emotions that you bottle up and that you don't deal with and that you 
then use crutches such as alcohol and crutches such as other other vices to give yourself the reward that you don't realize is actually within easy reach. If you were to just stop and smell the roses, if you were just to stop on your climbing of the mountain and just for a moment look backwards and actually see how far you have come, that would already be such a joyful moment. But I never looked back. I never, I looked back in in a more um, analytical way, but not in an emotional way and say, wow, well done, Stefan. I never gave myself one single compliment. I was always never good enough. I was, I was, I want more and more and more. Yes, I want to be the best anesthetist in the world, the best pain physician, the best dad. And I guess to a certain degree, I set myself up to fail by having such high standards and such high goals that it was impossible to actually achieve them. And my to-do list certainly, I must say, uh, were... Uh, 20, 30 things on the to-do list, uh, which it was very clear that I would barely achieve a minimum. So my my goal-setting skills and my life skills and my emotional maturity were crap. So I needed a big mindset change, but that only came after I hit rock bottom. So it's beautiful to hear your words. And you guys out there, Yes, you can wait until you hit rock bottom and read my book and you know how rock bottom you can be. That's cool. Uh, if you want to do that, it's your choice. It's your life. But <laughs> I always keep saying that every 18-year-old should have four weeks of mandatory rehab of actually talking to people like you, to psychology, to counselors, to psychiatrists, etc., and learn the lessons that I learned the hard way. Uh, down the line uh, so guys if if you have some common sense left in you maybe check Paul out and check what he is doing because uh, we all have our problems and many of us are just uh, ruminating about these problems and think about nothing else which doesn't help us find solutions um, it just finds us focusing more and more on the problem so tricky one how do you make people realize what their passion is? How do you help people with that? Because I, I find that one of the most, the hardest thing with people who are just sort of drifting along in this vague kind of, of I don't know, haziness, I guess. Well, it just depends on what they're, they're, they're looking for. It, 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 it's different from client to client. I had one client uh, before I had that person, he didn't know what he wanted to do, you know, for his pr profession, right? So what I told him to do was list out everything that you like to do and take time with it. You know, I don't want you to go, you know, and just write it all out real quick. Think about it. And then, you know, if you're watching TV or, or, or walking, jot it down and just keep a, keep a list of it. And then after you get, you know, let's say 10 to 15 of these passions that you or not passions, but things that you like to do on the second uh, column, write out a job that's associated with that thing you like to do and, and see if that kind of jogs your, you know, your, your, your passions. Oh, you know, oh, geez, I never thought about wanting to do X, Y, and Z. Now, now I have it on paper. Now I'm visualizing it. So that that's a, a technique that I that I do with my clients. But um, 
you know, I, I tell my clients, uh, they have to do the heavy lifting. I mean, they, they got to do the soul searching on that. I mean, I can't tell them what their passion is. I can only suggest things. So, um, I mean, if you're truly serious about looking for your passion, I mean, you, you got to do, you got to do your part and really dive in and figure out what you want to do because I sure can't do that for you. I, I don't have a magic wand. So, uh, you know, I'm just here to be a soundboard for you and, and, and keep you motivated and keep you accountable, but I can't, I can't come up with the answers for you because only you can. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so true. Uh, and there are some people out there who just, uh, leech onto you and, uh, try to, to, oh, tell me the, the truth. Tell me, tell me the vision, you great seer. You, <laughs> you have got all the, the knowledge. Bullshit. Bullshit yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> I, I have got uh, a certain skill set that I acquired since I got sober. And that skill set, fair enough, has a lot of, a lot of cool tools in it. But uh, that's about it. And it worked for me. And that's why I wrote my book to actually show what worked for me and to give you some enthusiasm and some passion and maybe some, some little glimpse of what is out there. And then for you to go on to your own journey. And I think that is, that happens with me and sobriety, but I guess that happens with absolutely everything with the bullying, with the, with any challenge that life is throwing you. Oh dear. The bullying can I come back to that when you were young? Absolutely. Um, because it, that would have defined the most of your childhood until you had those various breakthroughs. What scars did that leave you with? I know I certainly had, I ended up being, being on the receiving end of gang violence and I had a good rip-roaring PTSD uh, just enough to mess up my life, not enough for me to be blatantly obvious. That was sort of uh, a dangerous place to be because I couldn't recognize what was happening for a very long time. What about you? I think for me, it was this uh, emotional pain that, that I felt. And uh, the story I told you about me having cerebral palsy for the longest time, I didn't want to share that with anybody because for the first, gosh, 18 years of my life, all I wanted to do was fit in and, and want to tell everybody, hey, I got this. You, I, you don't need to, you, need, you don't need, I'm not special. I can do whatever you guys are doing. Don't, don't give me any special treatment. I'm just like one of you. And that was my mindset, you know, probably from five all the way to, uh, all the way probably into my 30s. And it wasn't until uh, I started to uh, think about becoming a coach and, and thinking to myself, well, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to have these people be vulnerable with me, I need to be vulnerable with them. They need to know my story. They need to know where I'm coming from. And I started to do some soul searching in myself. And I thought to myself, vulnerability is not a weakness. Vulnerability is a strength. And because I tell my story, I can help a lot more people and, and people will be able to relate to me. So I would say that's probably the, the, the thing that, that stands out to me is when I was going through the bullying and stuff, I, I just wanted to fit in. I didn't want to be bullied. Obviously, I just wanted to you know blend in with the other kids, but I was picked on because of my disability. So I, I try to you know push that, push that feeling that, that, that you know the cerebral palsy, 
I wanted to push that away that I didn't have it, but I do have it and it's part of my life and I have to deal with it. And uh, now that I've come to terms with it, it's, it's actually freed me from a lot of that baggage that I carried as, as a child. And I love the word that you say freed me. Uh, It is a revelation when you spell out the first time something that you have kept hiding for such a long time. For me, the alcoholism, it's its a disease that you hide. It's a taboo. It is a, a mental health problem that you don't want to admit. You've, you've got your face mask in front of you and you, you're masked that, that everything is all right and everything is beautiful. And in reality, you're, you're dying inside. And to actually stand up the first few times to say, hello, I'm Stefan, I'm an alcoholic. I was weird to hear that out of my own mouth, but it was liberating. It was beautiful. And at that time I had a lot of resentments because I was contractually forbidden to tell the truth about certain things. So in my in, in the setting of work, and it was bizarre to actually be able to to talk honestly, to be honest, to spell it all out, to to say all the things that have gone wrong. And so there was this freedom there, the liberation there. It was that was the most beautiful, beautiful sensation. So those of you out there who are who are hiding part of your journey. Uh, it has maybe helped you and suited you so far, but there might come a time when you might wish to explore how it would feel no longer to hide, but actually build upon your strengths, even if they look like disabilities, even if they look like mental scars that you might be embarrassed about. Uh, you might find that they are not. But that is a journey for you, for you guys to to explore. It certainly holds true for many people I meet. And Paul, you you are just another example there who uh, of a man who has changed his mindset and suddenly things that you didn't like suddenly become your strengths and you're no longer ashamed and guilt feelings and and uh it is yeah it is the most beautiful liberating feeling and uh i'm so pleased for you paul that you actually uh, developed that so this guy this mental uh coach that you that you bumped into in your business he set you onto a journey that is just simply amazing the question is where is your journey heading now where do you see yourself in, in two, three years' time? How will you continue to make this world a better place? Oh, I, I definitely hope so. I, I try to do that every day, try to make, you know, try to do, improve myself and try to improve, help others every day. But uh, to answer your question, I'd like to, at when this pandemic uh, subsides, I'd like to start getting into uh, speaking engagements and start speaking in front of people. Uh, I think that's where I'd like to take my business. In, in that sense, I, um, you know, getting into Toastmasters and different realms to uh, strengthen my speaking skills and uh, just take taking my show on the road, so to speak. 
TEDx here you come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Love that. Yeah, that's, exactly. a, that's a goal. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah. why not? Why not yeah. aim for such a beautiful uh, platform where you can influence people? And uh, it is just beautiful. These are just opportunities for us to make this a better world. And hell, this world needs to to have some hope and needs to have some optimism. And Paul, you're in, in the right uh, frame of mind to change the mind. I love it, love it, love it. Now, it is beautiful. Paul, if there is one key lesson that you could tell my listeners, my viewers, what would that lesson be? I think we kind of touched on it. I think it's self-love. I think you need to love yourself before you can do anything. Whatever, when Before you set a goal or, or what school you want to go to or, or who you want to marry, start a family, first and foremost, you have to love yourself and be happy about yourself. That is so important. If you don't love yourself, it's a hard, hard, hard road. So that, that would be the first thing is just self-reflection and, and know that you have special abilities inside of you and you just got to pull them out and give yourself a break. You know, if you don't reach the goal at the time you wanted to reach the goal, it's okay. It's okay. That, like I said, it's all about the journey. The journey is more important than the destination because the journey can set you through, you know, you could go, you know, set a goal, you start your journey and think to myself, oh, you know what? After I, I started this journey, I want to take a left as opposed to a right. I think this is where I want to take my path. So be open to all that. And you can only be open to that with self-love and being confident in yourself that you're okay going, you know what? This isn't the goal for me. I, after doing some research and, and through my journey, it's this what I want to do. And you have to have the confidence in yourself to, to make that choice. And it's not easy, you know, or, or get out of a bad relationship or, like you said, you know, admit that you have a substance abuse problem, whatever it is, it all starts with self-love that I'm, I'm better than this. I don't need this crutch of, of this substance I'm taking. I, I don't need it. I, I'm better than that. And it all starts with believing in yourself. And I think that is the key. You're so right. It's sometimes so hard, however, for us to A, accept that and see ways how to do that. And I guess that is where the little habits come in, to little moments where you have to practice loving yourself. Personally, I very much like the, the gratitude moment in the morning where I stop for a moment and actually just think what I'm grateful for. And I spell it out loud and whatever comes out, comes out of my mouth. But it is this, this practice of actually just being grateful for something. And suddenly your whole day changes. And it sounds stupid and corny, but it does. It does certainly for me and for many other people who do that. So bottom line is, it is I make just space for one minute but that one minute already changes my day and changes my life. So what was to happen if you do maybe just one minute every hour? It's not a lot, a minute is 60 seconds for crying out loud. But if you change a little habit every hour and make sure you love yourself, maybe make sure that at nine o'clock in the morning, you make sure you have a glass of water. 
And at 10 o'clock, you make sure that you actually stretch yourself. Just get off your chair and do whatever you need to do. And maybe at 11 o'clock, there might be something else that you that you can do. Maybe some breathing exercise. So these are all tiny, tiny bits that you can do, some little micro habits. But over the day, you might find that sharpening your saw this way, your productivity goes through the roof. Your happiness is there. The levels of stress and even distress reduce maybe dramatically because that, that moment you took the time to actually drink that glass of water that gave your mind the rest that it needed, the little bit of, hey, let's stop here. And suddenly a new, a new idea comes about and a new solution for a problem. So self-love, yes. But if you would have told me, oh, you just need to love yourself more, I would probably, in the midst of all the shit that I was in, I would have never realized, yeah, that sounds good, but how? I guess you need to develop your own rituals and your own, your own paths to that. And that's where I love your exploration. You, you're saying you, you can't give everyone their, the, the perfect plan, the perfect action plan. And whilst, for example, in my, in my book, I've put shitloads of action plans in there for all kinds of scenarios. But these are all the suggestions. They might work for you. They might not work for you whatsoever. But it is, you still need action plans because shit will happen and, and you need to do something. And you need to come to the point that you look in the mirror and say, you know, this was a shit day, but you did well. You survived. And that sometimes <laughs> the biggest achievement, you survived that day. <laughs> and that's cool. But no, it's, a, you know, explore and and find the self-love, find the, the respect for yourself, I guess you could say. Be just as respectful to yourself as you want to be to those people that you love. Yeah, we, I mean, what about you? I mean, I, I talk, in this interview, I seem to talk a lot about myself, but it's, I guess you're triggering uh, a lot of interesting thoughts in my own mind, which is the, the sign of a good coach. Uh, that you ask the right questions or make the right comments and suddenly my mind goes <laughs> and comes out with things. So, guys, this this guy is, is dangerous, okay? You see what <laughs> happens to me? I explore things in my mind <laughs> rather than being a host here and that happens to me, you know, oh, that is... Uh, there could very well be the risk that you actually change your mind when you work with Paul. So that's dodgy, careful. You might actually be ending up outside of your comfort zone. Her, her. Guys, tricky situation. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you're, you're natural there. Thank you so much for, for that message of the self-love. It is something that we, that we don't do often enough, on the contrary. Any parting comments, any thoughts that you wanted to share while stuff got you on this interview? Well, it's great that you mentioned the gratitude, the minute gratitude. I didn't call it that, but I actually do the same thing. And I tell my clients that start your morning and, and before you grab your phone, turn on the TV, turn on the radio, take a moment when, before you, and when you wake up to think about what you're grateful for and focus in on that. And, and you, like you said, it, it just changes your day. And you start focusing in on 
positive things that that happen to your day like oh oh my phone oh i just got a coupon for coffee oh geez my day's getting better and better and better and it's <laughs> just simple things and just builds and builds and builds because you could do the same exact thing the opposite way with the negative right mm-hmm. like you have a flat tire up oh, just my luck it always happens to me well it is your luck because you're always focusing on that if you focus in on all the positive things that happen during your day, you're going to have way more better days than you are bad days. And I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and tell you uh, you're never going to have a bad day. I mean, that's ridiculous. Everybody's going to have a bad day. Right. And people are going to be angry and people are going to be sad. And it's OK to be angry or sad. You, you know, those are human emotions and, and you're OK. You're you're entitled to feel those emotions. But, but in some point in time, you're going to say to yourself, I don't want to be sad anymore. I don't want to be angry anymore. And that's about awareness. Now you're aware that, hey, I don't want to feel those feelings anymore. What can I do to change those feelings? And that's the, that's where you get into the, the gratitude. You start thinking about the things that you have, not the things that you don't have. And that will start to focus back to you, that positive mindset. And and it, and it's a journey. I mean, it, it's discovery every single day. I mean, it's you know, if you think that it's, you know, you're going to win a trophy at the end of this. No, it's not about that. It's just about going through the path, whatever your path is. And it's, it's only unique to the individual. Everybody's going on there a different path. And we have to realize that, that there's no winners and losers. You're only competing against yourself. And that's the only thing that you have is yourself. So that's what I'd like to, to leave my, your listeners with. Absolutely. If people want to get hold of you, if people want to start working with you, how can they do that? Uh, a few different ways. Uh, the easiest way is to go to my website, uh, calltoaction.coach, and that my cell phone's on there. So we can do a, a 30-minute consultation to see if, uh, if you know, we're a right fit for each other. Um, you can also check out my content on uh, uh, Call to Action uh, on my Facebook page. I, I do a lot of videos on that. And uh, obviously, you, you guys like podcasts, so I actually do my own podcast, uh, Actions and Limits, and I'd love for you to come on the, our podcast and we can kind of switch roles a little bit, even though I know that you kind of explored <laughs> your, yourself with me now, but we can really dive into your story. Okay, uh, deal, deal. <laughs> I would be uh, absolutely humbled and I would be very happy and grateful to, to be a guest on your show. Great. Uh, the, the shoe on the other foot. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> no, no, I love it. I love it. It is. It is. The whole thing is a beautiful self exploration and uh, finding yourself. And I liked what you said earlier. It is so changing, so dynamic. The whole thing constantly. There are new challenges, and what you took for granted a year ago is now no longer there, and might never be again there. We just don't know. We're living in strange times. And if you can build a foundation by loving yourself, you're able to then deal with the challenges in, so, in such a better way. So now that's brilliant. So I'm very much looking forward to being a guest on your show. For you guys out there, I hope that some of the, the discussions here have triggered some thoughts in you as well. And triggered you to ask the right questions. How can I love myself more? How can I feel better about myself? And you might be amazed down the line how such a simple change of mindset 
might set you on a path of fulfillment that is that you can't even fathom now because it is you might have focused on, on all the wrong things so far certainly when i look back i did that so guys there's a journey waiting for you and i think if you want to work with paul uh, he would be a really cool guide to help you with that journey so all of you out there look after yourself paul thank you so much for coming onto my show and for sharing some of your passion and some of your insights i'm very very grateful for that i had a great time thank you very much cool you all look after yourself bye, bye.